0: Peace and blessings, family. It is the Ratchet Righteous Goddess herself, them chakras. Make sure you follow the podcast at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you're following me over there on Instagram for your motivational minute each and every weekday at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you're following me over there on Twitter where you receive more ratchet than you ever would righteous at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Hey, y'all. Hey. As you know, family, the Wretched Righteous Family, the Safe Space, whatever you want to call this, Dem Chakras has uh manifested merchandise. So everybody is looking damn good healing in their hoodies, and I am loving seeing these photos that you guys are sending me. I love to see you guys just being who you be unapologetically and just walking around looking so damn good. So each and every time you guys purchase merchandise, please make sure that you send pictures to D E M C H A K R A S. We do have a sale going on right now. All of our bestseller items are the only things that are up and everything ranges from $20.20 to $25.25. So I'm excited. Um, I hope you guys definitely, you know, purchase your merch because I like to see y'all in it because y'all be looking good as fuck. Um, but we're back for another story time, family. I know I told you guys um, over on there on Twitter, if you guys listened to the episode called Madam Chakra, um, which was about the time that I curated a threesome. I am your event coordinator. i make sure that you email me um, or DM me for my rates. Guys, no, um, but seriously. Um, so that was that story time. But I told you guys within that story time that I would be doing two others about the time that I dated a drug dealer and the time that I got kidnapped or almost got kidnapped. But I wanted to kind of switch up that story time about the time that I got kidnapped because I don't feel like it's as interesting as the time that my entire family like my entire like the males in my family um actually kind of went on a manhunt for these guys uh for me and my cousin so I thought that that would be a bit more of an interesting story time and I really wish that my dad was like here at my home right now so that he could like put his two cents in because it's a really really like interesting story the more that I think about it it's crazy so um basically what had happened was I was maybe about like I had to be maybe like 11 or 12 um maybe 13 let's say 13 because i know that i moved from harford county around like 14 15 um back into baltimore city so harford county is a very like just rural area it's the suburbs but for the most part there's a bunch of farms and things of that nature and where i used to live i used to live in this cul-de-sac and um in the cul-de-sac if you don't know what a cul-de-sac is it's a neighborhood that wraps around itself so i don't know if you guys have ever seen Ed netty but um that's literally what it is it's a cul-de-sac so um or it's like a cir- a circular neighborhood so when you come in one entrance you can't go in the <clears throat> excuse me the other entrance you have to go it's a roundabout basically but when you get in there there's a whole neighborhood in there that you probably would like would never see so um it was myself and it was my cousin megan and um her friend caitlin and Caitlyn's white um not that that really has too much to do with the story but Caitlyn's white no, it actually has a lot to do with the story. Caitlin is white. Um, so, what had happened was, in, when you live in like Harford County, or back in those days, I say it like it was that long ago, but when um, like back in those days, it was a lot safer to be outside. Like you didn't have to worry about you know like somebody putting you in a van or you know like. St- shit like that like you could go outside and you could just be a kid which is what we did a lot of the time like I would be out you know outside ripping and running till about 8 30 at night and be perfectly fine coming in the house eating dinner taking a shower and going to sleep like I was a kid like I would be outside all the time and around this time I had started to kind of hang out with like older kids I still kind of hung out with like the people that I would hang out with but I still would kind of like venture off and like hang out with my cousin Megan who's about like two or three years my older and she had this best friend named Caitlin. And we, if, when you live in Hartford County, you just kind of like migrate schools. So you started like, you started Joppa Town and then from Joppa Town, you either go to like, well, no, you only go to Magnolia. And then after you go to Magnolia, you branch out into high schools like Hartford Tech, um, Joppa Town High, you have like Edgewood High, you had Aberdeen High. So you would just kind of like branch out at that. But like, that's when you more so had to worry about like not seeing your childhood friends again. Um, so... The schools that we went to were just kind of all in the same area, and the reason why I say this is because the other parties that are mentioned in the story were people that we all went to school with. So at this time, I'm in about like eighth grade, Megan's and maybe like tenth. So I didn't know any of these people, but her and Caitlin were in the same grade, so it worked out. Because Caitlin was like sixteen, so Megan had to be about sixteen. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, so we're outside one day and we're just ripping and running being kids, and I'm hanging out with those two. Um, we're sitting on in a. So in our cul-de-sac, if you kind of come to the end of the block, there's like four or five like stone steps and a railing and kids just used to hang out there all the time and then Caitlin's mom could see us from the house so we were good to go. So across from those houses, the homes that we lived in, these townhomes had balconies on the front. So it would be like maybe like five houses that didn't have a balcony, these middle three houses that were kind of pushed back a little bit, that had a, you know, all of them had balconies and then it was maybe like four or five other houses and then, you you know like the end of the street so um we're just sitting on the steps diagonal or really across the street from where the balconies are and we saw this girl named Sharonda that Megan had gone to school with or Megan was going to school with her and Caitlin and they always knew Sharonda to be kind of like you know um Fast, like she was fast in the ass, and she just used to hang around a bunch of boys. And it wasn't like you know she was on any type of like sports team, and these were people from the team, or you know like this was like a, a, um, a hobby interest or anything like that. No, this was just her being fast. So we see Sharonda on the balcony, and we know that Sharonda doesn't live there because Sharonda was a girl from Edgewood. No, I'm sorry, she was a girl from Oak Tree, and Oak Tree was like in our neighborhood, but it was like like a 10 minute walk we used to walk everywhere so it was about a 10 minute walk from where we were so, Sharon is on the balcony and she's yelling across the street. She's like, hey, y'all. And we're like, hey. And, you know, we're just back to talking. And I think they were talking about, like, homecoming or something that was coming up. And, you know, like, we were talking about, like, dresses. This isn't when, like, there were smartphones. So, we couldn't, like, surf the internet and, like, look for dresses. We mostly had, like, magazines and we're just looking through them. I know the store Deb. I don't know how many people, if you guys have them on, like, the, the Midwest or um, on the West Coast. But on the East Coast, we had this, this store called Deb, D-E-B. And, um, that's where like a lot of girls would get like homecoming dresses from. This was when Rue 21 was really popping. This has been like forever 21 kind of had started to become a thing. So these were all places that, you know, people would probably shop. So we're looking through the catalogs and Sharonda's like, Hey, you guys should come over here. We were like, "No, we're cool and then like all of a sudden like seven guys come out on the balcony with her and they're just laughing and they're playing music and we can smell like cigars so weed wasn't really accessible out there unless you knew somebody like you have to walk everywhere if you don't have a car and you have to have a plug to do any fucking thing illegal like anything illegal because that's how spaced out the houses are if you don't live in a cul-de-sac but the people in the cul-de-sac are just like your, you know middle middle class people you know we were paying like seven something for rent like in that time that was like not high but it was on the higher end um so you don't expect to like accumulate like you know weed and shit you don't expect to smell that so we were more so smelling like cigars and shit like that Um, just shit that they shouldn't have been doing. Like they had, I think they were drinking like Boone's Farms or something. And, um, the guys were around the same age because we know a couple of them. Uh, Well, I only knew of two because back in that time you go to all your sporting events. Like if Joppa Town High had a game, you're going. So I knew a lot of like the football players because that was popular. This is when clicks were like really, really a thing. So, um, we're... You know, we're still talking and we can see her hanging out with these like six or seven guys. And there was a guy named Dominic and there was a guy named Brandon. Like those are the ones that I can like remember seeing. And she just was like, y'all should come over here. And he's like, yeah, y'all should come over here. And we were like, nah, we're cool. So they like, come on. Like we got drinks and we're just like, nah, we're cool. So Caitlyn, you know, she started to get uncomfortable. So she's like, oh, I'm going in the house. And we were like, okay, cool, you know, we'll talk to you later. So me and Megan are still sitting there because they're not really causing an issue. And then, mind you, I'm from the city. So, like, shit like that don't bother me. Like, no matter where you grow up, I think you grow up with an intuition. But when you grow up in, like, the hood, like, I grew up on one of, like, the most ratchet-ass blocks in Baltimore City. Your head is always on a swivel, like, and you always have that, like street knowledge of when the fuck you should get up out of something and when something does not pose a threat and at this point it didn't pose a threat my cousin really wasn't all that uncomfortable because we were just sitting there it was a nice you know nice night it was probably like it wasn't even night it was like evening it was like probably like 5 30 so we're just chilling so um a couple people walk by you know we're speaking to them and then we're just still sitting here looking at this catalog and then caitlin comes back out of the house and she's like my mom just told me i had to eat dinner." Um you know, I still want to come out and talk to you guys. So whatever. So we're sitting outside. We're still um, looking through the catalogs. Now we're talking about homecoming, what they're going to wear, what their hair's going to look like, all you know, all that good shit. And um, all of a sudden we hear one of the guys like, hey girl in the blue, I want to stick it in you. And I'm like, all right, this shit has gone totally left. So Caitlyn had on this blue shirt. She gets really fucking uncomfortable because that shit is not cool like no matter how fucking old you get no matter what day and age it is you don't press up on nobody like that no matter how fucking old you are um and I remember like one of them saying like something something about the girl in the black your ass fat some shit like, like they were just these really dumb ass rhymes that they were yelling across the street and we got uncomfortable at that point so Caitlin was like alright I'm really going in the house this time and she was like um I'm just gonna leave it alone and you know when I see them in school I'll just let them know that wasn't cool you know maybe I'll talk to a counselor or something and we were like oh it's not that you know it's not that serious my cousin was like up in arms like she's really fucking crying and now that I think about it maybe I should have not have negated her emotions the way that I did because again growing up in the city that type of shit it just makes you go in the house it doesn't make you you know want to press the matter anymore when you're a female you just kind of you know brush it off because they weren't they weren't doing anything they weren't about any action they got this one girl who didn't probably you know all ran through so it wasn't I I just didn't see a reason to like say anything. And I also know that my father is fucking crazy. So Caitlin goes in the house and then we're walking back to the house, which is probably like a two minute walk. And I'm like, um, my cousin looks like she's getting ready to cry. Now, mind you, she's about three years older than me. So she's about 16. I got to be about 13. And I'm like, Megan, just leave it alone. It's okay. You know? Stop crying when we go in the house, you know. We'll just, we're not gonna say anything. So, I live 336, she lived 338, so we live right next door to each other. And when you live in Harford County, um, or during that time when you lived in Harford County, you could leave your door unlocked all fucking night like, you could leave your door unlocked, you could leave your screen door open, and nobody would do anything to you. Like, that's just how it was. And we had actually met Megan, Jimmy, my um, Aunt Anita, and my Uncle James when we first moved out there when I was like six. So these weren't my blood relatives, but then further down the line, we did find out that my mom and my aunt Anita are actually blood cousins. So that was really interesting. Like that was really weird how we ended up finding that out um, and how energy works, but yeah, so we got back to the house, and then my front door was open, and then her front door was open, and we just used to frequent each other's houses a lot. Like, we would all, like, you know, my my Uncle James owns a barbecue company, so he would barbecue a lot, and we would just have cookouts throughout the week. Like, that's how we would eat. So, like, my dad, my Uncle James, my Uncle Chuck would come over, my Uncle Kevin, and they would all cook, like, big briskets and just ribs and all that and that would be like the meat for the week and then like my aunt Anita would make like different sides and you know different things like that now by this time my parents had divorced and my dad was on his second marriage so I had oh my god I had like four step siblings i had candace kenny and tiffany who were living in the house and then danielle so yeah i have four step siblings but three of them lived in this house with so it was me my brother chris my stepmom stacy her son kenny her daughter candace her daughter tiffany so it was six of us yeah so it was six of us living in a three bedroom townhouse but we made it work so my brother and Kenny had shared a room uh for the most part. And then like Kenny would sleep on my uncle and my aunt's couch just because they still went to school in the city. And my uncle used to own a um car detailing shop in the city or like a he used to paint cars for a living. And he used to own like a, a building where he would do it at in the city. So he would actually take them to school in the morning. It it was just a it was a really dope way that we all made this work. But so anyway, this was probably like a I think it had to be like a Friday night because I definitely know I didn't go to school the next day, but let's just say it was Friday night and um, we get to the house and I go in my house and my dad's like, how was outside? I was like, everything was, you know, everything's cool. He's like, um, okay, go ahead, you know, um, go upstairs, change your clothes, take a shower because everybody's getting ready to eat. We normally ate out back for the most part. So I'm like, okay, so. Not even like 30 seconds later, as I'm getting up the steps, my dad had walked out the front door to go drop the beans and stuff off for dinner next door. So I go upstairs and I don't remember what I was doing, but something made me come back downstairs and go next door to ask my dad or my stepmom something. And my cousin is in the floor in fucking tears. Like she's like, dad, they said they were going to rape us and they were going to fuck me. Like it was a thing. So anytime that I'm in trouble with my father, no matter what fucking age I am, he calls me Brianna and there's this tone of voice that he takes and it scares the fuck out of me. And it's, it's very scary. So he just looked at me like he cut his eyes at me and he was like, Brianna. And I'm like, yes. He was like, what the fuck? Like what happened? And I'm like, (sighs) okay. See what had happened was we were outside and um we were sitting um across from caitlin's house and we were um um we were you know like just talking and looking at homecoming stuff for them and he was just like cut all the rah-rah shit what happened i'm like all right so there was some boys across the street and they were in the house with Sharonda And he's like who the fuck is Sharonda I said I don't um Megan goes to school with her And we were just sitting outside And they said that they were going to stick um, their penises In Caitlyn because she had on a blue shirt And that Megan had a big butt And something about whatever I said that pertained to me. And my father was like, oh, right. Where these niggas at? And I'm like, "Mm, see, so now dinner's cut short. And now I can't fucking eat. And um, now I'm pissed. So it my heart just kind of sank because I already knew what was up like my dad is very protective my dad is very trigger happy my dad will fuck you the fuck up when it comes to his family with no regard my dad does not care my dad is very quick with it my dad is very stealth with it and that's why my dad is so dangerous my uncle James is white so but he's like He's, like, invited to the cookout. Like, that's what that is. You know, he's this big guy. He has to be about, like, 6'3". He has, like, a reddish blonde beard. He gotta be, like, 300 pounds. Like, mostly muscle. Um, but still has, like, a belly from all the beer he drinks. Um, I know it was him. It was my dad. It was my Uncle Kevin. My Uncle Chuck. I don't even think my Uncle Kevin was there yet. I just think that my Uncle Jimmy... I call, him, I call my Uncle James my Uncle Jimmy. I think my Uncle Jimmy had called um my uncle kevin and told him what had happened and then somehow my neighbor mr tim got involved and that was a white man like he gave me serial killer vibes but not like he'll kill the black people he's cool with or he'll kill like anybody he's cool with it's like bitch you try me this is done like we could get in an argument over a parking spot i'm gonna switch your fucking throat like that's the vibes that he gave me so meanwhile my cousin jimmy is in the corner he's just like what the fuck happened and i'm like i'm telling him he's like yo they gonna kill him and I'm like right so my stepbrother Kenny and my brother just used to hang outside a lot like they just used to kind of like rip and run but it's Harford County so there's not a lot of trouble you can get into out in Harford County unless you like do something but when we first moved around there before my brother dropped out of high school my brother had got close with the Cheatham brothers and there's like seven of them maybe and they're all brothers so there was like Mark, Marcus, Josh, James, there—it was just a bunch of them. There's seven of them, and they—they all had the same mother and father, and last name was Cheatham. And these niggas was crazy. Like they were from down south or some shit, and they had moved there because their dad was in the military. Like these niggas was niggas. Like, and I think that's why my brother and them and and the and them had gotten so close because. You know, like vibe knows vibe, energy knows energy. So when they first met, it was on some like, oh, you the first nigga I done met out here around all these motherfucking other black people. Like, you's a black ass, you know, nigga. Like it it just we we knew that we were on the same, you know, page. Like if some shit went down this nigga got me and they really migrated towards each other and started to spend a lot of time with each other and when my my dad got married for the second time my brother my stepbrother kenny started hanging out with them too because again vibe knows vibes and my brother kenny my stepbrother kenny was crazy as fuck too like he used to gang bang i don't know what happened. i don't know how that works i don't know how the fuck you get out of a gang or if he's still in one i don't fucking know i haven't talked to them um because my dad's on his third marriage but anyway so um my dad had made a call to my brother and he was just like, y'all need to get the fuck home right now. And my brother had thought he did something wrong. He was like, nah, he like, but, um, something along the lines of, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a put you up this speed when you get here. And that just didn't sit right with my brother because he, my brother is my half brother. So my dad is not his real dad, but my, my dad has raised my brother since he was two. So that's his father. And like, he knows. So he was like, no, nah, we not ready to get off the phone. till you tell me what's good. And my dad just broke it down to him like some niggas got crazy with your sister and your cousin um and a white girl they always refer to kate as a white girl and a white girl um and mind you we had probably just moved around here about two three years ago so you can take the people out the city but you can't take the city out the people so um i don't even if you're not from baltimore you probably know what i mean so like he was just like um you know they got into it with some niggas around way you know sometimes something we get ready to go pull up on them y'all i lie to you not like we in the house we're giving them this description of these guys i have a really good memory so i'm just like um caitlin lived 1031 i'm like they were at 1016 and um it's the balcony that's above um they lived at like 1016 it was like the balcony above like 1014 or something i'm like but i know that it was one girl and it was like all these guys so my dad so Back then, my dad had this same pair of slides that he would wear all the time. And they were this leather, like it had a leather band. So picture like some Nike slippers or some Nike slides or some Adidas slides. The slide had like a leather um band across the top. And he had wore them so fucking much that they didn't even have a logo on them anymore. So I couldn't tell you what the fuck the brand was. But my dad was high size 14 shoe. And my dad is always ashy. Like he always ashy. So I want you to imagine this man with this Thundercats t-shirt on. And these fucking like you know cotton shorts. And this you know this these slides. And I don't remember what anybody else had on. I just remember that very vividly because of how fast my father was walking up the street. And how it was just like pat 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 against the ground so they walked around because again we live in a cul-de-sac my dad walked around there and he started banging on the front door and then like th- there were no lights on like everything had just kind of went silent and mind you we're standing there and we're just like i i don't know Like this is where they were at my father was like well where the fuck they at now and i'm like daddy i don't know like we weren't over here we were over there so um the school there the guy brandon used to drive a ride a scooter and the scooter was still in the back of the house so he was like oh them niggas definitely in there so my dad gets to banging on the back door and no you know nobody answered nothing so basically by the time we had walked back around the corner my brother my stepbrother and these seven big ass black ass niggas was walking up the street and it looked like something out of a movie like it felt like everything was moving in slow motion I felt like I had to shit like I was scared and it wasn't that I was scared about what was getting ready to happen to us I was scared about what was getting ready to happen to these boys when they found them so basically we go to my uncle's house of course nobody ate and i'm still upset about that but um we're all sitting there and we're in this townhome so the townhouse only fit a townhouse is only supposed to fit about maybe like 20 people at, you know like at a function but it's like uncomfortably 20 people and at the time my dad and my uncle had taken up the hobby of um aquarium so there were these big ass piranhas and shit. it really looked like a mob meeting um there were like these 75 gallon tanks and there was like uh oscar fish in one and some piranhas in the other and it was just some shit and we sitting around and my dad of course is like spearheading this thing and now at this point now there's two you know big ass white men and we're just waiting for my uncle Kevin to get here who's another big ass white man and by this time Mr. Tim wasn't involved just yet so um my aunt Anita is asking us questions my dad is asking us questions they like what they look like you know what do you you know do you know where these niggas go to school we had to pull up our MySpace pages to say we had them as friends like this was a thing because at this point now you didn't threaten to rape my daughter and my niece like bitch I'm on your head So we're like showing them. Megan did have them for friends on my space. She's still crying guys. She's still crying. And she is, you know, showing my dad, she's showing my uncle and she's showing everybody what they look like. And my brothers, cause I called the cheating brothers, my brothers, all of my brothers, all nine of them just walked out the house. They didn't say anything. They just walked out the house. So, at this point now, my friend Terrence, shout out to Terrence, um, had come up the street, and he, he's just goofy as fuck. So, he's just, like, laughing and talking, and, you know, like, now we're trying to, like, make plates and shit, and just kind of, like, calm down. Like, Megan's hyperventilating at this point, she's just like, (laughs) and I'm just like, you gotta chill the fuck out. So, her mom's, like, you know, consoling her, and, um... I think my Uncle Kevin had went out back to check on the food and that's how Mr. Tim got involved because Mr. Tim, we used to like take plates up the street to them. So Mr. Tim comes down. He's like, hey guys what's up? And you know, we're talking to them and my Uncle Kevin puts him up on game and now Mr. Tim is involved because his wife used to watch me after school. So now he like, oh fuck no. Anybody fuck with my black niece, you know like it's war. So he goes in the house and he gets an ice pick and he comes back down the house and he's like um so what are we doing like what's what's the game plan and I don't think that anybody else had thought to like get weapons involved but like now it's a thing so I remember my dad having a sledgehammer and some lighter fluid and I remember my uncle Kevin having a it was either a chair leg or a table leg I remember my Uncle Chuck having some type of, like, hammer or something. And I think my Uncle Jimmy was, like, the only person that was just like, nah, you know, I'm going to just beat these niggas the fuck up. So we're in the house and we're talking. And then somehow we ended up over at my house. I think that we had were, we were still getting, like, the potato salad and stuff. We we're migrating between the two homes. But I remember my brother Kenny, my stepbrother Kenny, and my brother Josh who ran in the house. And it was like this one nigga had an afro we like yeah that nigga had a, a, at this point back in that time light up things were a thing here in maryland he's like that nigga had a light up pacifier on his neck we was like i think so he's like that's them there's this metal not metal there's this wood um like gate you know how people try to like play up the neighborhood there's this huge hill in front of the house um i i, I would have to like paint i'm trying to paint the picture for you guys there's like this huge hill that you have to like walk up and then You would have to like climb through the two wooden posts that are horizontal from each other. Um, They're parallel, but they're horizontal from each other. And they're just kind of like in there. They just look like some wooden planks. But it really made the neighborhood look nice. um, That you would have to get through in order to get down the hill to the end of the street. Like to to the curb in order to cross the street. Josh and Kenny hopped this shit, ran down the hill, and just took off down the street. So... Across the street is where we used to wait for the bus. So, Jimmy is just like, oh, they down by Oak Tree. And I'm like, more than likely. And Oak Tree was like the hood of Joppa town. So, um, my dad is just like, come on. And I'm just looking at him. He's like, come on. So, Megan gets to crying again. And I'm just shaking. And again, I'm not shaking because something's getting ready to happen to me. I'm shaking because now they done found these boys. Sharonda's nowhere to be found. Um, but they end up running into like three or four of them. And we get to where we catch the bus. I see my brother walking back. My blood brother Christopher walking back up the street with this boy in this headlock. And Kenny has one of them in like a full Nelson. And the other one, Josh had one of them in some type of compromising position. All I know is that when we got to him, these niggas was not getting away. So it was about four of them. And my dad was just like, these them? This, is this them and I was like yeah America, yeah it's them and my dad's like um just kind of talking to him He like so what the fuck was said and he's like sir i don't know what you're talking about da 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 da. like really scared at this point because i don't think that they knew what they were getting into so there's my big ass father with this sledgehammer and his lighter fluid there's this big ass white man with an ice pick there's this big ass man with a chair or table leg there's my uncle chuck who's just a big ass man with some kind of weapon and then there's this big ass white man with these big ass hands and my little cousin jimmy who had this fucking scar on his head because he ran into a pole once um and we're all just standing there and we're talking and we like you know they said this that and they're like no we ain't say none of that and my brother just hit the nigga in the side and was like shut the fuck up so he the boy gets to crying and we just are standing there we're telling him what happened and my father just looks at him he's like gonna apologize and the guys were just like we're sorry we never been to the end of it and my dad looked this boy right in his face and he said i got enough fucking nerve to chop your fucking feet off and light your ankles on fire I will never forget that I will never forget that my father, my father told this young boy he would chop his fucking feet off and light his ankles on fire and there were just you know multiple threats thrown around of course my uncle Jimmy was like you know you made my daughter cry and I don't like when you know people make my daughter cry and that that scared me you know cause he's white and um I've seen movies so I I just thought that the boy was gonna die right then and there. But basically my dad looked at my brother and he looked at my stepbrother and he looked at Josh and he said, Y'all know what's up and he made us go home. And um I don't know what happened after that. Cause um I I, I had to go to middle school But I just know that Megan said that when she got back to school, they would not look at her. They would not talk to her. Um, There were definitely some black eyes, but I don't know, excuse me, what happened that night. Like how bad they had hurt them. Um, I I just know I was scared. Like I was terrified because I really thought that those boys were going to die that night. I was not scared for me at all. But that's when I knew that I had some really like strong male masculine protective energy around me like I knew I was good and I never used it to my advantage like you know taking advantage of it like oh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and talk reckless to this nigga and call my father like no it was never that but I know that I am one of those girls like I'm definitely a girl that like excuse me like my my dad has all daughters and my brother but um my dad is a, a, a girl dad. Like, my dad does not fucking play about his girls. He doesn't play about his niece. He doesn't play about any fucking body. His granddaughter, none of that shit. Um, my dad will fucking kill you. Like, I and I, I believe that. Like, in my heart of hearts, I believe that. Like, my dad has a fucking screw loose. And I get it honest. But, like, something's wrong with that nigga. And I just know that I'm, like, I'm protected. Like, I'm good. And I don't have anything to worry about you know and it just it makes me feel good but at the same token it's also kind of scary because you don't know um you don't know how much people value you you know so is it I'm not saying that I'm overvalued but I'm just saying like I'm valued to the point where my dad feels like if I have to get rid of you so that you never talk to my daughter reckless again bitch I'll get rid of you and it that that to me is just like the craziest thing in the world so when I And it's kind of rolled over into, like, my dating life, especially, like, with my partner now. He's very protective, and I do feel like he would definitely, like, snap a nigga's neck. Um, I just realized that that's one thing that I've always looked at in, like, partnerships and friendships and relationships with men is can this man protect me? Not that I need his protection, but I need to know that if, you know, it's some rah-rah shit going on and there's another male involved... That, you know, he's going to let me protect me up until he feels like I need protecting. And I don't have shit to worry about. Like, not with the men in my life. Not with, you know, like the males in my life. Like, I am good. I am good. And I think that night was confirmation for me that no matter what, like, my family got my back. And that was just, it was a crazy night of just, like, unity and inclusion and how, like, niggas was with the shits no matter what race you were. That night, it was all about protection. And I honestly could not ask for a better family. My family is just dysfunctional. My family is reckless. My family is crazy as fuck. But we love each other. And we will go to the ends of the world for one another. Y'all, so that is the time that um yeah that that my family um was on some fuck shit in the county we could have went to jail y'all like now that i think about it like had they had press charges we could have went to fuck the jail we definitely could have went to fuck to jail we i damn um make sure you follow the podcast at d-e-m-c-h-a-k-r-a-s make sure you follow me on social media at d-e-m-c-h-a-k-r-a-s guys and make sure you check the link in the bio so that you can purchase your merch i love y'all if nobody has told you today please let me be the first to say that i like you and i love you and i will see y'all next week